You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Maybe not our happiest show, let's be honest. Uh, Kind of a brutal day for the Indians between those two losses and the Josh Naylor news. Uh, We do have the second part of my conversation with Pat. It's about 19 minutes long, so that's going to be the second and third segments of the show today. Let's start with the exact wording on that Josh Naylor injury. Uh, The email I got at 12.56 today said that uh, Dr. Mark... Berkowitz at the Cleveland Clinic reviewed the imaging and confirmed the diagnosis of multiple, multiple, ooh, can't speak apparently, fibula fractures and ligament tearing that needs to be addressed surgically. So that's right, multiple fractures and ligament tearing. We're not going to see Josh Naylor this year. Uh, If we're lucky, he'll come back fine and be here in a year it's you know it's just it's a brutal situation it's i wish him the best uh but for the indians you know it's kind of the thank goodness for harold ramirez i know i was not his biggest fan and you can go ahead and call me out on that and i still don't know how exactly he does it with the you know the he's so he's an interesting player he's not he's kind of a bit of a throwback where you know, he he doesn't walk a lot. He doesn't have that skill, but he also doesn't strike out a lot. He puts the ball in play often, and he's managed to be successful with that. And if you went and you looked at him over on Baseball Savant, he'd have some of the best scores of, like, any Indians player in terms of percentile ranks and the amount of red you'd see. But if not for Harold Ramirez, oh boy. I mean, if we also went over there and you look at Bradley Zimmer, the one thing that stands out with Bradley Zimmer, uh, frankly, is the amount that he walks on a team where players don't walk. Uh, he's still getting the time out there in center field, mostly because the Indians don't have other options. I think that's just what it comes down to. You know, as we look at this Indians team, you know, and I've been, you know, I talked about on the show yesterday, Pat, it's like amazing they are where they are. But it was hitting me today after we had that conversation that, on a very basic level, maybe they are where they are, which is now four games back of the White Sox, because their June schedule. Were they really, you know, are they this star-studded team? No. Are they a great team? No. Are they a team that has taken advantage of a weak schedule as a good team should? Absolutely. And I kind of feel like they have managed to stick around maybe more than they should because of that. Uh, they've not gained over the last month any ground on the White Sox. And the White Sox, by the way, uh, have had three massive injuries to their other team. Like they, it's not like the White Sox are the picture of health. You know, they don't have uh, Nick Madrigal's on the 60-day. Luis Robert is on the 60-day. I'm blanking on um, Eloy Jimenez, who's also, I assume, on the 60-day. They're beat up. They are incredibly, incredibly, incredibly beat up. And they're still getting that. They're still plugging along, led by a pitching staff. Uh, when you go down the line, you look at that pitching staff just looking at Phipps. And Lucas Giolito and Dallas Keuchel have been disappointing. Their top pitcher, arguably, is Carlos Rondon. How about that? The guy that uh, anyone could have had that they decided to not go to arbitration with. That's kind of humorous. 
Uh, Lance Lynn has been fantastic, every bit the addition they hoped, and then Dylan Cease has slowly put it together. So you combine that with what should be a studded, you know, a, one of the best pens in baseball, though it has not been quite as dominant as I think some of us were expecting, but they still just have depth for days there. Hitting-wise, I, I know White Sox fans are, like, not big fans right now of what Yasmani Grandal has done, but he's still got an OPS plus of 126. He's still got 12 home runs. I get he's hitting 180, but... Dude walks a ton. He's got 59 walks to 60 strikeouts. That's right, 59 walks. That's, um, you know, we'll compare that to the Indians in a moment here. I don't want to go too long, but they're a deep team, and they're able to deal with such things. They've been able to keep that lead on the Indians because they've had their own stretch of injuries. So I mentioned his 58 walks. If I take the two walk leaders on the Indians, that is Cesar and Jose, they each have 31. It gives you 62. That's just four more. Then Yasmani Grandel, uh, you go down the line. I mean, Jordan Luplo, who has not played in you know a while, has 21 to be third on the team. That that's where they are. This is not a team that is walking a ton. Uh, that's just the truth of the matter. I've talked about it a few times. It is interesting to look at the OPS plus stat over here, where Jose Ramirez. You know, he's been great. I don't want to like seem like a negative on Jose. Uh, he has been a great player. He has not been like the MVP type performance that we saw at points. Uh, but again, it's such a bad team. I mean, he's great. He's one of the top third basemen in baseball. Uh, he's just not been like one of the top five players in the American League. Uh, Harold Ramirez at the 115 OPS plus. Probably Bradley at 134. Framil Reyes at 135. So if you can, at some point, Bobby Bradley will cool down. That's just going to happen. But if he can even be, you know, 70% of what he is now, it's still pretty strong for them. And Harold Ramirez is, you know, a revelation. A 98 OPS plus for Ahmed Rosario, who's really come on. You got Reyes, Ramirez, Ramirez, Rosario, Bradley. All of a sudden you're looking at, what, five league average bats? Six league average bats? It's something to start building around. I've talked about before with this team, I do think center field is the biggest need. I think that is where they should... You know, if they have that extra, the we've talked. You know, we spent so much time yesterday. Uh, well, actually, it'll be today's show talking with Pat uh, as well with the trade capital this team has, and it's time to start taking advantage of the sheer amount of crazy depth and go out and add. You know, a Cedric Mullins. If you're not going to go for Cedric Mullins, well, I'm not going to talk too much about center field options. We'll save that for next week or Friday's show, but. Center field, maybe more so than starting pitching, because eventually the pitchers are going to come back healthy, we hope. Fingers crossed. You know, Bieber, uh, we should start hearing something about him. Plesak has already, I believe, started some rehab. He's been assigned. I do know he has been assigned for rehab starts. Uh, so once you have those three in, that's going to set up where, you know, Mejia has earned some extra time. Quantrell has earned some extra time. I mean, JT Brubaker... I saw Zach Meisel also mentioned him in one of his pieces, so I'm not alone in, in uh, thinking he'd be a great fit. You know, I would still consider that, absolutely. Quantrell has been a little up and down as a starter. He's earned a few more starts, and there'll be plenty of opportunities because it's going to be a while before Savali's back. He'll probably be the last of those three, fingers crossed, because if he's back before Bieber, then that probably means something happened with Bieber. Once you have, you know, there's a chance for additional starts while still adding an arm. So I do think, like I talked with, well, here with on today's show, I make a bold prediction uh, that I think the Indians, about them in the trade market. Uh, so listen ahead for that. Uh, we'll take a quick break from word from our sponsor and then 
be back for my second uh, part of the Pat Chat. So our first sponsor today is Rock Auto, and we know them, we love them. I mean, how often have I talked about Rock Auto on this show in the past year? I've mentioned it. It's like, I am not someone who knows anything about cars. I can't do much with cars, but I can navigate the Rock Auto site. It makes a lot of sense. It's easy to do. You can easily find the parts and pieces you need for your car when you need them over at rockauto.com. Uh, I've talked about they have rebates. They have deals. I'm probably going to start getting my car filters from Rock Auto. They've got it all. Like I said, from the small things to the big, you'll find it at Rock Auto. American-owned business, 20 years in the marketplace, one central location, overhead is low, pass that savings on to you, the consumer. I talk about even if you don't know cars, it's a great advocacy tool for yourself. So go to rockauto.com. In the how'd you hear about us box, you're going to type locked on, locked on MLB, locked on Indian, some form of locked on. Let's them know that their advertising money is well spent and that helps us out here. So rockauto.com, remember to make sure you let them know locked on sent you. But he's a player I honestly had completely left for dead in the organization. I wasn't, uh, I called him a non-prospect a few times and it's very limited. It's only 15 games, but have you gotten to see anything with Quinton Holmes down there just to see his line and see him uh, again, very limited numbers, but he's, he doesn't, he looked so lost for so long. It was nice to see any sign of life from him. Um, so shout out Quinn Holmes, first of all, um, really cool guy. Um, second of all, um, he's tracking the ball very well. Um, he looks kind of like he has an approach and a plan to play. And, you know, just from talking to him, he seems very eager to get reps and, you know, um, just get out there and put the time in, you know, he, he seems very hungry and focused right now to put the work in, you know, um, he was, he's the guy that drafted before Tyler Freeman in that draft class. That's how yes. the Indians valued him. He was taken and he was 17 and he's still one of the fastest players in the organization. I don't, you can't lose the speed he had. He's one of the fastest players in that class. And he was in a New York kid and you know, it's cold weather. It takes a while to develop. And then he lost last year. And those early years were such Andrews struggles. Is, yeah. Andrews, uh, his first, uh, his first year in the, um, in the minors as well. So he's still very young. He's only 20, 21. He just turned 21, I think. Um, and, you know, he has tools, like you said, the speed, first and foremost. Um, he looks pretty good in the outfield. He can steal bases. And just in the small summers, I've seen him just, just to circle back to the um, just his approach. That was kind of the thing people were – that was a focal point and a concerning point that a lot of people had, including – I remember you bringing up his strikeout rate and things like that also. Mm-hmm. Um, if he can either – walk more or just cut the strikeout rate down. I mean, but so far he's taking his walks and he's tracking the ball very well. So his strikeout percentage is down like 17%, but even more than that, he's like, it's the, yeah. I mean, his bat pip is 531, which helps, but he's always going to be like a 330 to 340 bat pip guy in the minors just due to his speed. But you know, he's a guy who hit under 200 and he's, you know, you said he's injuries. I talked about the cold weather. He's, just in terms of speed, he, he brings a dimension that honestly the Indians don't have. They don't have anyone who approaches him for that. And it just, I am always very happy to be wrong. I, I want all of these players to succeed, not because I'm an Indians fan. I mean, that's a, the part of the reason, but just because baseball is ridiculously hard. And I mean, these are guys, someone like Quentin Holmes, you know, he gave up college and that whole life experience to go and play baseball. And yes, he is, he was handsomely rewarded with his signing bonus, but after that signing bonus, these guys get paid 
table scraps from their owner, basically. It's, you know, they're making below minimum wage and he's got to go out there and work and take care of himself. So it's nice to see, like I said, I don't care if my evaluation ends up being wrong. I'd rather be wrong. I'm always very happy to see these players rebound. I'm happy. I'm very happy to be wrong. Uh, And I hope Quentin Holmes will continue to prove me very wrong. I was just kind of looking at the other names in here, batting wise or batting, you know, in terms of hitters and Will Brennan continues to perform. Uh, You know, I haven't dug into him too deeply. Have they let him pitch at all? Or is he still just purely an outfielder? So Will Brennan is is just solely outfielder. They haven't let him pitch at all. And he's looked pretty well and he's looked very advanced. Um, His approach at the plate, he just looks like he's just out. He's he's outmatching. He he should be in double A, I think, by the all-star break, just kind of based on. Or he, and is. he is 23, so yeah. he is older. But yeah, I mean, when they drafted him, maybe it's the lost year. They're not, you know, that's what we always have. To, but he was drafted. They they called him a you know outfielder and left-handed pitcher. Like he was drafted as both. So I keep hoping that they'll experiment with that. But yeah, he's uh, yeah. The, I agree with you. He definitely seems like someone who you know, especially with you know, I, I talked about. I went to the wrong one, and I went to. Uh, Lynchburg instead of Lake County. I'm still flipping which one's which right now in my mind. Uh, for those who don't remember, last year Lake County was low ball and Lynchburg. You know, for a long time it was the reverse. Uh, with the way uh, Angel Martinez is playing down there, uh, they're going to have to start moving some guys up. Uh, players are going to force their hand in performance, and he's definitely seems like someone who should end up uh, moving up the line. We haven't really had a chance to talk about pitching. Uh, is there anyone in? pitching out there that we've uh, maybe short shifted or, you know, that there's some, uh, you know, anything else you want to talk about with that pitching staff? Not really. I feel like we, I feel like we, our focus has been on them. And even with the position maker for Lake County, we, we've gone over um, kind of Wilburn and Rokio, the top guys over there. And, you know, Valera is kind of, you know, getting started, you know, we're always kind of holding our breath on him because he's always injured, but yeah, he's, was he playing center field before he got hurt, or had they moved him to a corner outfield position? So, if I can recall correctly, I remember in Mahoney Valley, they, they had a monster round to all three spots. And I know mm-hmm. I've seen him so far in Lake County. He's been in the corner for a large majority of the games. Will Brennan has played center in most of the games. Because I don't, the, the reason I ask is just like, I don't think he's going to stick there. Like, I never thought that was going to be his spot. He has good instincts. He just, he's not that like high level athlete for center. He just had, <laughs> he just had the speed to cover ground, even though yeah. he can read the ball well and yeah. run routes. But if, if he is field, it's like, man, the center field depth in the organization is, it's pretty barren down the middle there. It's, Said one can make a case it's either Isaiah Green or Petey Halpin, who they, you know, were both high school kids at this time last year. Well, no, the draft yeah, happened, um, so they weren't. You heard Petey Halpin got caught up to Lynchburg? No, I had, I've been behind. I missed that. That's, that's yeah. aggressive for them. Yeah, but our next fantastic sponsor is from betonline.ag. Another, you know, sponsored by now, you should know well. I am talking about them all the time. Let's go over it and do our betonline.ag line of the day let's go see what the indians line for tomorrow's game is tomorrow the indians face the houston astros we are you know into july and what does that mean that means all of a sudden the schedule that went from very easy goes to very difficult Uh, it is a big switch and it starts with the houston astros 
who have Frombert Valdez on the mound, who's been uh, fantastic for them. The Indians have J.C. Mejia, who I talked about, has earned an opportunity to continue starting. But unsurprisingly, the Indians are getting a run and a half in this one. The line is not super big. It's negative 105 um, and then negative 115 for Houston. So it's kind of a close game, even though the Indians are getting the run one and a half runs in this one. When you go to betonline.ag, remember to use that promo code locked on to get a 50% bonus. That's right. Locked on nets you a 50% bonus on your first deposit. Why wouldn't you want to take advantage of that? Remember that is betonline.ag. The promo code is locked on. My comp on him in the draft was, well, not necessarily my comp. My whole thing with Petey Halpin was, you know, people know Pete Crow Armstrong because his mom was the mom in rookie of the year or little big league. Well, you know, one of those movies, she was, she's an actress. So he had like a famous mom who was in a baseball movie and Pete Crow Armstrong had been on the scene forever. And like he was talked about as a one, one candidate. He's a really good outfitter. Like I had him top 15, but my one note was like Petey Halpin and Pete Crow were not the gap where those two will get drafted and what they will get paid is not as big as the talent gap. And I mean, the Indians paid Petey Halpin like a second rounder. Like they, they paid him. He might've got as much as Carson Tucker, honestly, if not, it was very close. So I, I'm not too, I mean, I'm shocked by their aggressiveness in that, but I mean, it's a fantastic sign for a team that struggled to develop outfielders that they're willing to push him up. But yeah, he's a, he's a really, you know, I don't want to call him five tool, but he's one of those guys. Like if you wouldn't, you looked at his perfect game data, like he had good exit velocity numbers for a player, his size. Like he was, I want to say in the low nineties, like he's people get too obsessed with height and power. And it's like, you know, go look at Eddie Rosario right now. Why is he not hitting for power? Cause his launch angle is 5%, five points lower than it was his entire career. You get a good coach who works with your your angle, your swing. You get a, and it's more about just bat speed and things like that. I'm not saying Petey Halpin's going to hit like 25 home runs, but I'm just people are going to look at his size and think, oh, 10 to 15. I'm like, he could hit it. This is the same people who said Jose Ramirez 10 to 15. And again, Jose Ramirez is Jose Ramirez, but I don't like it's just a pet peeve the closing of the doors on players' talent based on how many inches tall they are, as Mm -hmm. opposed to how look at Ahmed Rosario. He always got average to below average power grades. That guy's bat is so quick. It should not, he should be a 55 potential power just based on his bat speed alone. Uh, but I, I'm, I'll get off my soapbox. I apologize. We're sitting here talking about the, the lower minors and it's stacked and we can talk about the upper minors and it's still pretty stacked. And, you know, you had messaged me about this whole thing that like, Let's talk about who's knocking off the rust. And it's just system-wide, top to bottom. Players, you know, the Nolan Joneses who were we, at the start of the year were not playing well. I mean, even Bobby Bradley was not playing well at the start. And look what he's doing in the majors. They're getting into a fun situation where they have depth for days. The Rule 5 crunch is real. So much so that, like, the Athletic I saw was talking about it in depth today. I, I hope they figure something. And they're, they will. They're smart. They always take advantage of everything. But it's going to be really fun to watch what they do. Because... You know, you talk about uh, Rocco and, and Bracho. Those guys are both, I mean, those could be the, the two biggest trade assets come the end of July. They have so much up the middle talent and they both need to be added to the rule five and they're both borderline top 100 players. So every time, you know, we talk about them on the show, everyone should listen a little more in depth because, and these are, these are the players that their teams are going to ask for and they're going to have to consider trading. Yeah, so they're definitely going to have to start 
trading prospects soon. I mean, that, they're, they're never going to stop trading. I mean, this is a very, yeah. very – this team is going to trade a lot of players, but they're going to have – I mean, just kind of based – I mean, they're going to have enough room to add the guys that they want to add to the 40 man this year just kind of based on the fact that there's, they're going to knock off six or seven guys just off the bat just based on who's going to be free agent. And who knows who they might trade. Um, they might trade one of – they might trade Cesar Hernandez. He has an option left. Mm-hmm. Um, Eddie Rosario might, might be a trade candidate if they. Uh, I doubt it. Maybe who knows? Um, yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I, I saw you know, there's some hand wringing about what do you do if you trade Cesar. I'm like, well, Jimenez is killing it. What you know? If they have so you know, many infielders, if, if Rosario can handle short, he could handle second. I mean, I a pipe dream. I would love to see him. I would love to just see him in center field. And just let him figure that out. Because again, they have the center field depth is an issue. Like it's it's just there. It's like either figure out a excuse me, figure out a trade for one, or like just let let him med see if he can figure it out. Like he's so athletic and so talented, you just need him to be average. Like could he get there? I I think so. I I'm going to stick on that hill because it's position of need. But like, yeah, it Owen Miller. I mean, Ty Freeman is going to be up. It's there. And that's the thing. It's like this show alone. It's like you talk about Ty Freeman, George Valera, Ricoyo, uh, Bracho, Jelanski Noel, I mentioned briefly, Labastida, I mentioned. Those are all the guys they have to add. And then, you know, I, earlier in the week, I talked about just the presence of plot surprises this year. Like I've always liked Richie Pal- Palacios, but what he's doing is off the charts. Francisco Perez is playing himself into a situation where they might, he might pitch in the big leagues this year. Uh, Nick Mikola Jack is probably the top relief prospect, but they don't have to add him for two years. So they won't. It's, it's kind of a fun time to be an Indians fan in that regard where I don't recall the depth ever being even remotely close to this. And I'm saying this with them getting ready to add, you know, several draft picks, which are going to m- increase the depth of this system. I, I don't know if they're necessarily going to be like a number one prospect or number one farm system in baseball. But I think almost universally they're going to be top five, even though they may not have a single like top 30 overall prospect, which is just, you know, going back to what I spoke about earlier, that's so their model. It's not about it's not about the splash. It's about the more we have, the better opportunities there are. And it's, uh, you know, with you down there in Lake County, it almost feels like sooner rather than later, you're just going to get at least by August, five to six new guys up there that uh, are going to be really exciting to watch and cover. Yeah, um, I, I really like the observation you made, kind of bringing about the fact that this farm system has a lot of talent, even though it isn't top 100 talent. The ceiling is top 100 talent, even though the floor may be a lot lower. And that's what kind of separates the best of the prospects from the worst. And kind of also emphasizes how much of a crapshoot it is and how even guys that are labeled as next X, X, Y, and Z don't pan out. No, 100%. And that's. Yeah, and I, you know, I've always harped on the show. People who listen to that know that, like, I always kind of follow low minors with like a grain of salt, and that it's a huge separator to get to Double A. But they have so much players are going to get through, and it's it's going to be fun to watch. And like as a fan, I'm just sitting here like, man, this is exciting. Like it's, like I said, now I kind of want to go and spend some time uh, digging into Lynchburg just because the players that are there were. I mean, I've almost completely ignored that affiliate because it's so far away and we've had, there's been so much to talk about this season. 
but like I said, I'm just going to say it now, like what Angel Martinez is doing is going to put him in top five prospect consideration for this team. You know, he's not a name that as many fans know or come up and that, you know, when there's more and there's going to be more. And like I said, there's going to be, I think July, this is mine. Uh, I'm going to say my prediction now is they're not going to make one trade in July. They're going to make two or three. I think you're going to see this team go out and make multiple moves because they have that depth and because they're in a situation where they almost, you can't have too much depth, but they have so much depth. It's going to behoove them to go out and and do at least two deals. Is this craziness or do you have uh, any thought on that? So you kind of broke up. I know I got a gist. Could you, could you repeat that? Okay. So my, my bold, not so bold uh, prediction here is I don't think they're going to make one trade in July. I think they're going to make at least two, maybe three. I think this is a team that's going to be extremely active. And because of that depth, they need to be, and they're going to be smart about it. So my, my bold prediction and, and kind of get your take on it here before we end it. What do you think? Am I, is this crazy talk or do you think the Indians could, uh, or do you think I, I'm kind of crazy or not crazy about the fact the Indians are going to make at least two trades before we hit the deadline? See, that, that makes sense. I, could, I see the Indians as sellers and buyers right now, just kind of based on where they are. And they're, they're just so unpredictable and tight-lipped. At the same time, they're very predictable because they – tend to do the same things over and over again unless they don't work. Then eventually they kind of figure, oh, this doesn't work, and they change. Um, so I, I definitely agree with you. This just seemed like a year where they're going to kind of make a flurry move just kind of based on the schedule of where prospects are at on the 40-man and how we're seeing prospects play again. And so we're going to see teams – have more information to work with and therefore take more risks by trading, by doing more trades. No, I agree. And it's going to be, like I said, it's, it's a fun time. I know Indian fans are like, no, it was more fun a few years ago. And yeah, it was more fun when they had all the stars, but just appreciate it's the depth. We're already going pretty long here. So I might break this up into a few episodes. Uh, Pat, where can they find your stuff? Where they can, can they find your work? Well, my Twitter is at tangible underscore uno. That is T-A-N-G-I-B-L-E underscore U-N-O. Uno as in one in Spanish. Um, You can find all of my work in my pinned tweet on Twitter or on my Twitter link in my bio. Um, And I also have a Medium page, tangible uno, no underscore, dot medium, dot com. That's where you can find all my independent work. My work for Unculture, one of the blogs I work for. Make sure to check all of that out. Um, I know you had a really good timepiece with uh, Ahmed Rosario and yesterday's game. So I would recommend for people to go, um, you know, if you're just looking at the Indians in particular, go uh, track that one down. Uh, I have been Jeff Ellis. You can find me at Jeff MLB Draft. I do have in my profile the link. I have my top 34 draft prospects up all completely free. If you want to go read those, I want to thank again, Pat, for joining me Uh, and for the next year, maybe two, go tribe.